listening to Chad and Derek Talk Politics, mostly. The podcast where we cover politics at all levels and throw in talks about culture and events in our area. Well, let's get started. All right. This is episode five, and it's been an interesting week. Oh, before we go into that, um, I had a bit of good, I found some good fortune this morning. I went to renew my, uh, I got a, I'm up for a recertification and the FAA just announced that they're going to let uh, drones fly at night starting with recertification now because that's not yet to get a waiver before. And so my research is coming just at the perfect time and there are people that were like, did theirs last month and they're like, hey, can we get in on, they're going to have to recertify again. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Anyway. So does, so does uh does your drone have to have lights on it like regular airplanes? Yeah, it's, I got to get a set of strobes for it. But that's red gonna, and blue. That's going to be kind of cool. Well, it just has to have the, it just needs the collision lights. Oh, okay. All right. I, think, I mean, they don't be this far apart, so I don't know that you could really. Uh, yeah, I mean, tell, part tell of the main reason those are there is to tell whether the plane's flying towards you or away from you. Yep. So, with a drone, you wouldn't really get to see that. Well, hey, there was a there was a lot of stuff in the news this week, and it was another one of those. Uh, how do you pick what to talk about? I think we kind of. Well, don't worry, we picked. I think we kind of zeroed in on, uh, on some uh, stuff. Probably the Second Amendment. I did have. We're going to make this episode all about the Second Amendment. We can do that. All right. It's a good time to do that, and just to remind everybody. Uh, what the Second Amendment says. It says that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. What, what's that second part? I just want to make sure I got it. The second part? You mean like right there at the end? Yeah. This, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah, that part. You know, infringed is an interesting word. I, I've always kind of wondered, you know, if the definition of it changed over time. <laughs> and Well, some people will say so. I mean, it depends on their political views. Well, I looked in my 1826 uh, American <laughs> English Dictionary, and it hasn't. Basically, well, that's, the, the, other, that's the other funny part, is I keep I keep reading stuff, you know, as, as we I was researching some of this, I kept reading, there were interpretations, and I'm going, that's just plain English. Yeah. Infringed is is pretty plain and the other thing that and that has always struck me about that the people in any other amendment is obviously a clear reference and everybody understands that it's a reference to the populace and the citizens of the united states of america and then when you get to this one you have people that try to go well it's it since it says militia it's talking about it's talking about the military well no it's it's not it's talking about the people Mm-hmm. So why did we pick that one anyway? Well, because everybody thinks we need to regulate the right to bear arms. You, People need to infringe on the right to bear arms. How about that? Right. You know, on the 7th, uh, the Biden-Harris administration announced their initial actions to address the gun violence public health epidemic. And 
I found it interesting that they decided to word it as a public health epidemic coming on the heels of an actual public health epidemic where they, some states continue to have pretty draconian measures in place under the guise of public health. And I just, that's kind of concerning to me that they may be going, okay, look at all this stuff that we can get away with in the name of public health. So we're going to declare gun violence a public health issue. Which it kind of, I guess statistically it might be that, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, but are you going to make uh, automobile accidents a public health issue? Well, you know, statistically I think it could be just if you look at the effects, but it's not a public health issue. It's an issue with people being stupid and people, well, being evil and wicked and not having respect for their fellow humans and all that other stuff. And you can't solve, you know, you can't give a, even if it's a using novel technology, you can't come up with a, I want to shoot people vaccine. Right. Dr. Fauci's not going to be able to resolve this. No, no. Unless maybe, maybe they'll require ballistic face masks. <laughs> <laughs> Your face mask needs to be made out of Kevlar. That'd be hard to breathe through. Yeah. So they're going to address, uh, they're supposed to propose some rules, and I, those will probably be some of the most uh, poured over rules coming out of the Justice Department that they've had in a long time when they start publishing them. Uh, but I don't think they'll go anywhere. I mean, first off, you have to have, well, let me rephrase that. In theory, you're supposed to have popular support. Right. They're not going to have that. Right. That's one of the biggest things with gun control is every time it's brought up, you have a majority of Republicans and quite a few Democrats that, that are on the fence about and go, nah, I don't think so. And, and all the libertarians. Yeah. Which is a, which seems to be a, a growing growing part of our uh, political landscape. Now, I did see a cartoon. Actually, I saw it just a minute ago. Oh. And I bet. Let me see if I can bring it up for you. You'll love it. It shows, uh, shows Joe. Can you see that? Uh, I can see Joe. It's funny because your settings are blurring out everything around him like he's a face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, he's holding up the Constitution. He's got a red marker and some scissors, and it says, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. <laughs> well, it is unless unless it's amended. That's, That's right. You know, if it's not absolute in the – if he's meaning – they can amend it again and submit it to the states and have it voted on and go through the proper process. Right. But that's why the that's why those amendments are there. And it's pretty hard to get an uh, amendment changed. In fact, I mean, you have to look at uh, prohibition. Yeah. See how all that took place. You know, probably. Uh, I'm sure if if. Uh, Dominion voting equipment was involved, and it'd probably be pretty easy to get it passed. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you see who he's going to put in charge of the ATF? 
Uh, yeah, it was uh, one of the guys who was in the raid for the Branch Davidians and a uh, gun control advocate. David Chipman. Yeah, he was the, uh, was he the special agent in charge or whatever over the Waco? Yeah, he's involved in Oklahoma City bombings and a bunch of high profile cases. Which, you know, uh, as far as the Waco thing goes, that was that was a that was a tragedy and I haven't seen I've seen I haven't seen let me see how to say this. I haven't heard a recording or seen a video of him saying it, but I've seen a lot of people commenting where after the fact he said that what happened there was a good thing and I just uh I don't Oh. Again, I haven't seen him say it. I haven't heard him say it, but I've heard reference or read references to it. And well, I disagree with that. I mean, I think yeah, you have the adult branch Davidians who obviously were breaking or potentially breaking laws. Yeah. Um. You had some other illegal acts, potential uh, child abuse, yep. sexual abuse, all that. But you still had children in there that didn't deserve to burn to death yeah yeah the, i don't think uh well even if even if you're talking about a maximum security prison and the government does something and and it ends up burning the people in it to death i don't think that's a good thing I, that's a that's a horrible way to go so his his love for people will be on full display as he's in charge of the atf i'm sure yeah Yep, yesterday, so yeah, yesterday Biden announces gun control says Second Amendment not absolute. Right. I haven't seen where he's actually put any executive orders out. I've seen some people saying that he was going to, but I haven't. I went and looked last night, and I have at that point in time I didn't see any published on the on the site. It's going to be a very interesting thing to watch. I noticed that. Uh, I said he took a action on Thursday. Well, they announced they announced what they were going to do, but I didn't see. I had been reading that he was going to be uh, issuing some executive orders. He's probably they, doing those in his basement afterwards. I mean, they're probably not showing they him got, sign or anything. They got to find him first. That's right. I'm sure that uh, AOC and Kamala have already typed him up. They just got to find him to put his signature on them. But it looks like some of the states are already preparing to have, he's going to have pushback on it before it's even done. I don't know if you saw the story in Blaze Media that the uh, Arizona governor signs a bill to defy any new federal gun control laws. Yeah. So they haven't, they haven't even put them in place yet. And, uh, well, and I got to looking back at some of the, you know, even, even Donald Trump pushed to have the, uh, what was it? The bump stops. Yeah. Outlawed. And that, I didn't know this, but it actually failed in the courts. So basically, it was challenged and rescinded by the courts. Well, that's good. I have, you know, gun gun deaths, violent death of any sort is tragic. Um, but you know, it's pretty clear in the Second Amendment, and I think of probably some of our, I think probably some of the laws that we currently have from the federal government are not valid anyway. Um, now, if, if your state wants to pass them, I think the states can do that if they want to, because that's, that's in their, that's in their ability and that's within their authority. But I think probably most federal gun legislation, unless it actually involves, uh, 
maybe smuggling them into the country. A lot of it's probably, or avoiding taxes on them is it's probably not valid anyway, but that's my opinion. Yeah. But we are going to study gun trafficking as part of the executive actions. And that's probably not a bad idea. And we're going to uh, invest in community violence intervention programs. We're going to tell gang members not to shoot each other and spend $5 billion doing it. It'd be interesting to see how many of the programs that are going to be getting some of that uh, money tend to donate to Democrat candidates. That's a good point. I bet it's a very high percentage if you looked. That's so some like red flag laws, <clears throat> which this is interesting. And I kind of, so, so even though we're talking about Second Amendment, I wanted to jump to the Fourth Amendment, which you know all about. Uh, right? I know, I know of the Fourth Amendment. What is the Fourth Amendment, Derek? The Fourth Amendment. I believe that has to do with uh, being secure in your houses and papers and homes and effects or something like that. And searches. That's that right. Kind of stuff. Seizing your property, maybe. Maybe. Legal search and seizure. Mm-hmm. So there's a case and this is something it it it's uh it was a week or two ago and I, I I'm assuming they're still listening to it because I don't see anywhere where they made a decision. Um but the Supreme Court is hearing a case and it's an interesting case because it's not a criminal case. Um but it deals with um with warrantless seizures within the home. And in this particular case, it is a case where a husband and wife were arguing. Right. The husband pulled, uh, went and got one of his unloaded guns, put it on the table and said, well, if, if, you know, if you don't like me, blah, 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 then just go ahead and shoot me and put me out of my misery. <laughs> right. Uh, he left the house, came back. They argued some more. The wife left, spent the night at like her sister's or something. Next day, she couldn't get a hold of her husband. She was worried he shot himself or killed himself. Um, she sent the police over there for a wellness call. Police meet him on the porch. Um, according to the case, um, he says he's fine. Police say, well, we're going to go ahead and have you checked out at the hospital and do a psychiatric evaluation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then after they put him in the car and take him to the hospital, the police go into the house and seize his guns. What state was that in? You may have said it and I just... It doesn't really say. I was looking at that earlier because it was first referring to another case in Chicago, but... It doesn't say what, what, uh, what state this was in. Yeah, a lot of those, those type of laws, they don't offer you any due process, and that's the whole, that's the, that's the issue with them. You know, they, you, they take them without, <laughs> without affording you anything. Right. It would basically be, officer serves entered the home, seized the the guns, which violated which they're arguing in the Supreme Court violated his Fourth Amendment rights. Right. Um, lower courts had sided with the police in the city, and again, it didn't say where what city. And they ruled that the community caretaking exception excused the warrantless entry and seizure. 
Well, <laughs> I would dis. I would disagree. I disagree with those laws anyway. I might. Well, I might well what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to take um, uh, the search and seizures. And what was it called? What's it called when you can search a vehicle without without a warrant? Well, you have to have probable cause. Yeah, but they had a name for it in here. Let me find it. But that's just, you know, it's no, very. Back to yeah, so so basically they're trying to extend the right. According to this, they're trying to extend the right to search your home like they can a car. Well. Without a warrant. Most agencies nowadays, you don't even do a, I mean, you can do a consent search, but most agencies don't even do that because with electronics, you state your PC out on the side of the road and and you can get a, a search warrant signed pretty quick. Hmm. But you can do a consent search. But yeah, for them to just to be able to walk into your home and take your possessions, that's just, that's BS if you haven't had a your day in court. Now, you know, if they take you to the hospital and the doctor's like, yeah, we need to keep this person here because... If you read those stories, a lot of those people, they don't get hospitalized or they don't even have to get treatment. Well, and in this story, it says he got taken to for this psychiatric eval, was found competent and released. Yeah. And see, and in that case, that's, that's just not right. It's, it's one thing for a doctor to say that. And then, you know, okay, within 72 hours, we're going to have a hearing before a judge. The judge listens to the doctor, agrees with him. Then at that point, I think you would probably have satisfied due process requirements and actually giving the person a chance. And then if you, if all parties, you know, if the judge and the doctor are in agreement, then go get his firearms to, to protect mm -hmm. him and the public. But I think because I signed a piece of paper that says Chad scares me and I think he's going to hurt me and they come and pick you up for evaluation and then take all your firearms. I, yeah. I, I disagree with that. Interestingly, the lower court noted the, uh, and this is quoted, the officers reasonably chose to be proactive and to take preventive action. <laughs> but I'm not sure what, I mean, that's kind of a, one of those things where it's like, okay, define reasonably and being proactive when, uh, you know, then the counter argument to this is that, hey, there was no immediate threat right um they could have called and got a warrant and right so there are other other laws and regulations in place to handle this well going back to what we were going to talk about uh gee do you think his second amendment was infringed his I right would say so yeah i think his right to keep arms was infringed yeah because they they seized them for for no reason other than well, your wife thought something you did last night might be scary. Yeah. And the doctor says you're okay, but yeah. Well, and he even admitted in there, he said, yeah, I mean, if my wife wants to keep badgering me and and we can't agree, then yeah, she should just put me out of my misery. <laughs> right. You know, uh, in response, we were talking about uh, Arizona passing that law. I find it interesting. Democrat 
Democratic Arizona State Senator Lisa Otondo, Otondo assured gun owners that their rights were safe. Nobody's trying to take away your guns, not for the protection of your family, your property, nor your Second Amendment right to own them. But I don't know, it doesn't make sense that you would come out and make that statement and kind of poke and fun at the people that are passing that legislation. If nobody's doing it, why, why do you care if they if that's passed? Yeah. You know, if they were passing legislation that the sky was blue, they would look kind of silly, but why would you come out and oppose it? Because, okay, yeah, the sky's blue. One of the one of the best takes I saw on that was from uh, Willie Montague. He was on Twitter, and he's a Republican candidate for Congress in Florida, I believe. Is it Florida? Yeah. He tweeted out, to stop drunk drivers from killing sober drivers, just ban all sober drivers from driving. Plot twist. That's mm. how gun control works. So then we gotta then we gotta all be drunk to go drive. Right. And but but the reasoning right there Although, would be I'll the same what, as gun that, control. That reasoning may actually work on the gun control. I mean because think about it. Instead of everybody being drunk to drive, if everybody carried their firearm to protect themselves, we would probably have a lot less shootings. Yeah, but what he's saying is or mass shootings. Take in order to stop criminal acts, you take action against law abiding citizens. Oh yeah. Those people that do the shootings that aren't justified, they broke the law. There's already oh, law yeah. in place. That's right. So, so the reasoning behind gun control is what he's saying. If you want to stop drunk driving, don't let anybody drive sober. Make everybody right. have to drive drunk. And that's the same thing. If you want to stop gun violence, take all the guns from people that aren't killing anybody illegally. You know, I, like, I like my way better. Give everybody guns. Yeah. I think, you know, when you read the security and safety of a of a state you know these are the united states i would be perfectly fine if the state of texas had a law that said every able-bodied male had to own you know <laughs> had to possess this type of firearm and x number of rounds of ammunition and was subject to call out and yada 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 well i would but then again that would violate the rights of those who didn't want to carry guns well, I'm not, I wouldn't say that they, no, they could still have the uh, conscientious objectors or whatever, just like the, the military <laughs> does in the draft. But I think if you live in this state and you can, you don't have any, you know, physical defects or infirmities and you're a male, I think you should be required to own a firearm and ammunition and be subject to call out, quite honestly. So what kind of firearm can I own? What kind of firearm can you own? Yeah. As a law-abiding citizen. Handguns, shotguns, rifles. Zip guns? No, you can't own zip guns. <laughs> but you, you should what be able to. I want an Uzi. Technically. Uh, I mean, I would like an Uzi. I mean, just I think you should be able, you should be able to collection. own one. That's my opinion. I think you should be able to own one. But if you if you put it. You know, some people think that you could get carried away with that and you could start your own military or whatever. Well, if you do that, then you probably need to be, look, if you're not engaging as a part of a well-regulated militia within the state, then you probably need to be taken out as an enemy force, just to be honest. But if you wanted to go, hey, what if I wanted? What if I owned one Uzi? 
Well, you'd be in, if you didn't have your FFL, you'd be in violation of law right now. But uh, I wouldn't have a problem with that, <laughs> as long as you were willing to use it to defend the state of Texas when the need arose. Yeah, that did me more. Of course, I couldn't afford the ammo. <laughs> you, can, you can barely afford twenty-two ammo now. <laughs> Stuff's getting crazy. I'd have to put it on single shot, which would really uh, limit it. That would kind of defeat the purpose, yeah. Of course, you know, my grandfather would always talked about he was opposed to semi-autos and fully automatic because you need to make your you need to concentrate and make your shot count anyway. That's right. <clears throat> that I agree of, with that. That type of thinking would be really good in the current economic uh, situation regarding ammunition. But there are some guns I'd I'd love to collect. I mean, I'd love to have a Tommy gun. Well, and I gotta say, there's there's a certain uh, excitement that goes with flipping a firearm to full auto and just emptying it. That's that's a, that's an enjoyable feeling. Yeah, and I don't know if it's still there, but but in Vegas years ago they had a fire range firing range where you could actually go shoot automatic weapons of your choice it was fairly expensive but you, know, you, could go, you could go shoot a 50 cal or you could go shoot a m16 or any number of other guns that's fun uh tennessee they're allowing people to open carry without a permit yeah what do you feel about that's, open carry that's uh, I think if you've got, uh, just in general as a civilian, I think if you're walking around and you see people with a firearm you're, and you've got some sort of ill intent, you're probably going to be a little bit hesitant. You know, if I'm, if I'm stalking a parking lot of a store or something looking for uh, some lady to mug her and take her purse or whatever, and I see my target coming up and I'm like, all right. And so I'm walking all cool. And then a man or a woman with a, you know, with a Glock strapped on their hip steps out between a car right near us. I'm probably going to wait and find somebody else later because. And what about the, what about the counter argument of that? Which is that makes you an easy target for, for persons who might be interested in doing harm an easy target so people would think you'd be an easier target if you got a firearm displayed than if you're walking around yeah because yeah i've heard that argument before because you know if i see you and you have a firearm i can come up behind you and take you out since i know you got a firearm and you'd be a danger which which person would if you had to attack somebody which person would you attack the person with the gun on their hip or the person with that one i don't know Depends on the situation. Well, I, I think if I'm doing that out of... I mean, think about it. If, if you wanted to get rid of the adversary, you're going to be my adversary because you got a gun. You're going to shoot back. So if I can take you out and then take care of the objective. And, of course, that's logical thinking probably. <laughs> uh, then, yeah. I mean, I could see that argument holding water. Not that there aren't people that could do it, but... Uh... I would just say if if I was walking with a, a pistol on my side and people saw it, it's going to be in a retention hold, holster and 
Good luck trying to take it. You'll get part of it. Well, no, well, no, I'm not going to take it. I'm just going to shoot you in the back of the head and then, then let you die and then take it. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I guess, I guess that's always a possibility. Of course, if you're that type of person, how many people have you shot and killed anyway? You can just walk up. <laughs> I, I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you go to do that and somebody else happens to be walking behind you and they've got their pistol readily accessible, what's going to happen to you? Right. Well, I've, I've heard that as the counter argument to open carry. And that's, everybody, oh, no, you need to keep it concealed because you don't want them to know you have a gun. That's kind of stupid. That's, that is an argument, and, and I've heard it more than more than a few times. So we all need invisible cars then, since people uh, steal cars. You shouldn't be driving around advertising. I mean, that's it. to me, when you talk about, I guess, the principles behind gun control or other things, mm -hmm. or, or for me, if, if you apply it to like abortion and other controversial issues, yeah. if you apply that to something else that's kind of normal and less controversial, that generally shows the the fault in it and kind of like yeah since people steal cars then nobody should have a car that's <laughs> nobody should let anybody know they own a car yeah that's true My, i've but, responded to home burglaries so we should all paint our houses and you know invisible so that nobody knows we have a home otherwise they might they're going to break into it or break into your car or kill anyway. somebody anyway that's just that's my opinion yeah well, and you're right. It would take a certain caliber person with a high level of, of planning to do something like that. And the situation would just have, would have to be just right. Yeah. Um, and most criminals aren't going to be that way. They're going to go, yeah, I need to go steal that purse for crack. The criminals that tend to be that smart tend to not uh, get caught. <laughs> not use guns. Right. They, they, they stay at home and do it over their computer. They're into uh, financial crimes and stuff like yeah. that. So what's what's Texas doing as well, far as gun laws and preventing us Texans from having to deal with the Biden administration executive orders? Well, no, nothing official that I know of yet, although uh, Abbott yesterday, two days ago, put this message out. Biden is threatening our second amendment rights. He just announced a new liberal power grab to take away our guns and we will not allow this in Texas. It's time to get legislation making Texas a second amendment sanctuary state passed into my desk for signing. So, and I think probably our state won't have any issue uh, passing something like that. Yep. And, and I really, I really wish they would start acting and going, okay, you're, you're going to have, we're going to really protect your right to keep and bear arms. But the trade-off on that is you're going to be subject to call out. I wish they would do that. I don't, I don't think people would, I don't think people would support that if, but that's kind of what the, it's definitely a right reserved to the people, to the populace, but it's kind of predicated on a well-regulated militia. You know, maybe they could come up with something that says, look, if you want to own a shotgun for dove hunting, a handgun for personal defense, and a rifle for large game hunting, if you want to limit to that, then you don't have to be part of this militia. But if you want to have, because, man, I, I've known people that in the past, I don't, uh, they've, they have since passed away. I knew a guy that showed me his gun collection years and years ago. 
And I'm talking, he had like 15 SKS rifles and just, it looked like something you would see in a movie where the superhero opens the door to his room <laughs> to pick out which weapon. He literally yeah. had a closet that was just full of guns. And I was like, holy cow. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I can maybe, tell you, I've hunted with an SKS. Maybe if you want to. Uh, now, I hunted wild pig and. And as you know, wild pig run in packs, so in this case, it's perfect because you can yeah. get off as many rounds into as many wild pigs as possible. Well, I, I actually saw that because I was borrowing one of his because I lived out in the in a very rural area at the time, and there was a pack of wild dogs that had decided, well, I don't know that they were wild, but there was a pack of dogs from somewhere that had decided they would like to come into our, our front porch and accost my uh, family. And I was like, okay. And I was talking about it. And he said, come over after work. So I did. And we didn't have any dog problems after that. But I think if you want to own a, like an, something that could actually be an arsenal, I think that if the state but, of Texas. But how, do you de- how do you determine how many guns are, <clears throat> are okay and how many different types are okay to have versus what? you would consider an arsenal or an armory or something of that nature? Well, to me, I think you, again, I think you would let the state decide that and maybe the state would put it up for a vote to the people, you know? Well, what if it's not there? I mean, I mean, as a, as a law enforcement person or a DA or a judge, how do you determine that? Where's that line? And it, it and it's gray. How do you determine an arsenal? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if I have a uh, M1A1 in my driveway and, you know, 50,000 guns with a million rounds of ammo, that's probably a bit excessive. Maybe. But what if I have an Uzi and I have a Tommy gun and I have, say, 20 guns that I collect? If you've got the proper license for them, then... Let's say I have that. But but what if I had 50,000 of those with the proper license? I don't have a problem with that. What about with my Except, what about with my A one M one A one Abrams sitting? <laughs> I think the feds will probably have an issue with that. Um, again, though, I, I only shoot it on the Fourth of July. I, I again, it's just me, and people will think you're that uh, I'm probably radical. If you had that, and it was like on the state of Texas knew that you had that. Mm-hmm. And you understood that by having that, if the governor called you and said, you're being activated, bring bring it. And you bring were it. like, okay, I'm bringing it. Then I've got no issue with that. And if you decided I'm going to go blow myself a parking space open because I can't find one, then you've just violated some laws and you need to either be taken out or go to prison. Good point. Good point. I mean, that's that's my opinion on it, but... Yeah, but I'm just wondering, you know, and that that's an extreme case, but I'm wondering, you know, where did they draw the line on that? Because, yeah, you're right. I mean, some people get get accused or prosecuted for, for you know, you know, even with the weapons thing. So they're going back to gun laws and, and federal gun laws. I remember at one point I wanted to buy a couple guns and the, the gun owner said or the, the gun shop said, no, I won then you need to wait a month before you buy the other one. I'm going, why do I have to do that? I want two guns. Right. He told me, he goes, yeah, you're going to get flagged and they're going to investigate that. Yeah, see, that shouldn't happen. 
So yeah, and they were regular pistols. I think one was a one was a three eighty pistol for protection, and another one was maybe a nine millimeter for target shooting. You know, but I just happened to find two I wanted. Right. Yeah, and that shouldn't happen unless you've. Now, when you're talking about gun laws, again, I think the states. I think if the state of California wanted to pass a law that said we're not going to allow our our people to have guns, and I think the state could do that. I would think they would should put it to the people, but I think that's within a state's ability. I think the you know the amendments are there to ensure that the federal government doesn't jack with us. Although a lot of it has is applied to the states too, but I really think that if a state wants to do that, it'd be stupid, but I think it's within their rights. And well, it's the right of the populace. So yeah, if all the Californians wanted to not carry guns, then they could vote for it. Yeah, and I'd, I'd be okay with that. And and I would be okay with you owning an M1, an M1A1, if you were doing it in accordance with state law. And I'm going to research that this week. I'll get the results back for our next one because, you know, I know you can own a tank. I know people who own Sherman. Well, I don't know them personally, but I know people that own Sherman tanks and right. operating Sherman tanks and things right. of that nature. But, but yeah, I'd be interested in seeing if I can own an M1A1. Well, I, I think what it comes down to is, as we've talked about before, the government doesn't give us rights. They can only they can only take them away, and mm -hmm. those rights are there, and and the rights are absolute, and the people when you're properly governed, in order to maintain social order and you know accountability, you and I can go. We're going to agree that we should limit, just like you were talking about, if Californians wanted to go. We all agree, we don't want people carrying firearms around us then that's an agreement of the people and I think that's well within their rights to do it but I, the federal government just really doesn't have a whole lot of business regulating arms unless now if you had 20 M1 A1s and you had you know 5,000 of the exact same rifles and a million rounds of ammo and and 80 people that were like, we're going to make this little part of our country where you can't come in it, then you're an enemy force. And I think you should probably be taken out. But, but take away that last part. I don't have 80 people and I'm not trying to prevent anybody from, from going somewhere. I think, but I have 20 M1 A ones and 80, 80 M 16s. I think at a point there's a, a line and you could drop it all the way down to if you want to own a, a 22 revolver i think that law should apply at a point and that would be a decision for the state if you want this or if you want x number of firearms or equipment on this list then you're going to be allowed to have it but you're going to be allowed to have it as part of a well-regulated militia to defend the state and that may include uh you're going to have to agree that you're going to upkeep it in a and maintain it in a functional manner, <laughs> and it will include. I can't that, have it on blocks in the back of my my. Right, and it, and it you know it'd be perfectly uh, 
for me anyway, it'd be fine for them to include that, uh, hey, there, there's a known group of, of terrorists moving up through Mexico, and we know they're going to try to come over the border, and we know they're armed, and it'd be perfectly fine to go bring your M1A1s and, and you know, tell your neighbor that's got the uh, RPGs that we're going to need him down here with them and tell the other neighbor. Oh, come on. We don't use RPGs in Texas. Well, we could at the border. I'm just saying, I think... I I'd think rather that, have one of the uh, little grenade launchers on him, like an M16 or something. Or oh, yeah. Four. That would be nice. I think that would work better than RPGs. <clears throat> I probably just said RPG because that's one of my favorite weapons in first-person shooters. <laughs> I always like the saw. Yes, yeah. But, yeah, I think pretty much if you want to own... Assert uh, a bunch of weapons or even some uh, uncommon implements of war that if it should be okay for you to do that as long as you're doing it in a way that your state is okay with. Wasn't the uh, government going to try to, um, and I'm kind of getting off topic a little bit, but wasn't the government going to try to limit states and cities from owning implements of war? I know that you and law enforcement had some dealings with military surplus. Right. Well, I don't know that they were going to try. I don't know that they were trying to limit that. I know that we got. Oh, they were. They they were talking about. Um, there was some concern expressed over how much uh, military equipment was being issued out to uh agencies at one point in time right. if that's if that's what you're talking about and yeah well and and i thought they had done some legislative action to try to limit the amount and i'd have to go back and look but i thought they tried to limit the amount because they they felt police were using that and being too forceful with what they had basically well i don't i, I recall something about that but it's been a few years and to be quite oh yeah honest, it's been I, years ago I don't, I don't remember. The only thing that brought it up and brought it to my mind was I read a story yesterday. It said that more, more, more military surplus was reaching the hands of state and local law enforcement than, than during the Obama era. And I went, okay. That's actually a pretty good program because. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I doubt our sheriff's office could, could pay for a personnel carrier. Right. And, and a lot of that equipment is, you know, the the maintenance costs are are moved down to the local level where you know to maintain one uh, armored carrier which is useful the, those costs are not that exorbitant to maintain one well if you filter those out across the country because a lot of that equipment is subject to recall if it's needed and so the military if they need it rather than having to use taxpayer dollars to keep, you know, 400 uh, MRAPs maintained and in functioning in a functional way that are just actually going to sit there. They can piecemeal those out to different agencies around the country that will maintain them and keep them functioning. Plus, they'll actually get some use out of out of that piece of equipment instead of it just sitting there being a drain on taxpayer dollars. And then if they needed it, and go, hey, we got to get this, and that stuff gets inspected. They send, they send people out, and check all your records to make sure that, you know, they'll come out and go, hey, 
Our list says you have this. Where is it? And you got to take them to it. Hmm. And if you don't, depending on what it is, you could be in a wreck. So I think I think that's personally, I think that's a good program to have. Back on gun control. You think the Supreme Court's going to get involved soon? Well, uh, it'll be interesting to... It'll be interesting to watch. I think it'll depend on what, uh, how these actions that the Justice Department is is going to take flesh, you know, come out because they're not a legislative body. I know they have authority, rulemaking authority. So if if they do anything to exceed that rulemaking authority, I'm absolutely sure it'll end up in the Supreme Court. Uh, but like you said, if they follow the process, I don't. I think when they I think when they publish something and they put it out for public comment, it's going to be pretty uh, apparent that, yeah, we can't do that. And there are some things that have happened, though, that it's almost like, yeah, we don't really care what the law says, so we're just going to do it. So I really hope, I really hope they don't do that with, uh, with, with firearms because you know, the more they overreach and, and, I'll just say it. There's not any doubt that the federal government is far more expansive and involved in far more things than the founding fathers would ever have intended. Um, there's a point where their overreach is just, it's too much. And I think that that might be something they would find across the line for a, a large number of people. <coughs> Excuse me. I was reading an article on a, from the Violence Policy Center that started mm-hmm. out. It's called Regulating the Gun Industry. It doesn't have a date on it, so I don't know when it was written. But it starts out with, Guns are the only consumer products in the United States not regulated by the federal government for health and safety. And that's the basis for their article calling for gun control because if we regulate teddy bears, you know, we regulate baby rattles and we... And I just read that and I was like, they just wasted all of that time because teddy bears and baby rattles are not protected by the Constitution. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, how, how can you have this group, this advocacy group that is so just blatantly misinformed or dishonest that they would make that particular argument? <laughs> I just found that I found that interesting when I was reading well, and I've been reading some of the court stuff. So I was reading one of Amy uh, Comey Barrett's uh, dissent on a mail fraud case, but it was talking about people who want to own guns that are felons. And she basically said, um, um, but it dealt overall with, with the Constitution. And she said, history is consistent with common sense. It demonstrates that legislatures have the power to prohibit dangerous people from possessing guns. Um, but that power extends only to people who are dangerous. Founding era legislatures did not strip felons of the right to bear arms simply because of their status as felons. She was arguing that that they didn't tell people, hey, you couldn't bear arms for this reason or that reason. Right. Well, you know, it's people don't like to think about it, but the purpose of protecting your right and my right to bear arms wasn't to hunt. It wasn't to protect our household. 
that was to be part of a militia for the defense and well and it was it was also to protect ourselves from a tyrannical government yeah i mean that's why we have the second amendment is because you hear a lot of you'll hear a lot of politicians use well i need to defend my home well i use or they people people will talk about hunting it's okay if you have a hunting rifle but you don't need an ar-15 yeah you do you absolutely do because the purpose to, that right wasn't protected, you know. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't say that uh, a well-regulated group of hunters being necessary or a well-regulated group of home defenders. It's a militia. And yeah. the reasoning behind that is so that the people could come together and form a, a military in yeah. when it was needed. Well, and even Justice Ant Anthony Scalia wrote, handguns are the most popular weapon chosen by Americans for self-defense in the home, and a complete prohibition of their use is invalid. Well, there... So, handguns... I mean, I think the Supreme Court, especially with it being as conservative as it is right now, right. they're not going to hold up any of these uh, challenges. They're not going to hold up any of the... the um, prohibitions no. that they're trying to put in place well i wouldn't i wouldn't expect them to you you would expect that they would rule in favor of the what the constitution says i i do think if they had an amendment and if they amended the constitution and got rid of the right to keep and bear arms i think the court would obviously rule that you don't have that right anymore yep but i think if it's you know quite honestly they need constitutional amendments to infringe upon that right in any way shape or form in my opinion yep yeah man, all it's right we've been an hour well we've been going an hour all right man well we'll see if we can come up with a different topic or we may have to continue with our second amendment topic depending on what happens this week i think maybe next week we'll uh probably probably be good to touch on COVID again just to see how the open states are doing <laughs> yeah that's and, uh, an interesting topic right now. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll research some of that article that, or some of those things that I came across. I didn't find any sources I trusted yet. But, yeah, there's some interesting things going on there. And I think we could probably talk about the Second Amendment, Amendment numerous times, especially over the next 30 to 90 days. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Well, right. have a great weekend, and I will talk to you later. Sounds good.